about six months down the road, you're uh, hanging out downtown. You're getting a shoe repaired at a, uh, a shoe place downtown that you've been going to for a while. You're there a little early, killing some time. You decide you're gonna go have have a lunch. You go to this little uh, little pizza place. It's called Grendel's Pizza. It's uh, an Austin favorite. It's been around for a long time. You get a slice of oh, I don't know what kind of what kind of pizza would you get? I would probably get pepperoni. So they're like, okay, one slice of pepperoni coming up, and they they bring out this slice of pepperoni, and it's just like. It's almost like this whole slice is melted. That's how much melted cheese is on this thing. Oh, that's so good. And it's like the pepperoni look like they should be like super greasy, you know, but they're just not. That crust is crisp as the day is long. Wow. The sauce is sweet. Tickles your tongue. I got to be honest with you. It's the best pizza you've ever had in your life. Okay. So you're hanging out, sitting on a little patio, eating a slice of pepperoni pizza. You check your watch. You go, my shoe's probably done. You start walking back towards the shoe shop. And you see a guy, like, at a corner. He kind of, like, starts backing, like, into traffic, sort of boastfully, you know? He's kind of, like, walking away, like, trying to make a point. And you see that he's about to get hit by a truck. And you step out and grab him and pull him just mere moments away from when he would have just been killed. Right? Right there on Congress Avenue. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. And this guy is like a big dude. You look at him, he's probably like six foot two. I mean, he's like, he's, he looks like a professional athlete. And what do I do to him? I pull you like him. grab him. And, like, get him out of the sidewalk because he was almost hit by a, a truck. How did I have that much power? Something happened. You know how, like, they say that, like, when um, there's, like, a somebody comes up on the scene of an accident. They see somebody trapped underneath a car. There have been documented cases of people just, like, lifting the car. Just moments oh. of, like, superhuman strength based purely on adrenaline. Mm -hmm. It's one of those moments where you, like, grab this guy and just save him from death. Well, I wonder if I get a reward. Well, you look at him and you go, what the fuck are you doing? And he looks at you and he sees the truck and he just like feels the back of his head. Just like make sure he's still there. He knows it was close and he feels the back of his head and he is just like jacked. He is ripped. He He's just like the most muscular in shape person you've ever seen in your whole life. He's got a head that's just smooth, just marble smooth. And he looks at you and he goes, oh, my God. He goes, you just saved my life. He goes, thank you so much. You just saved my life. And he, like, lets out this primal scream. He screams into the sky. You know, mm -hmm. he just, like, there's a moment of exhilaration come that comes with, like, realizing you escaped death. And he's kind of living through that right now. He's got tears streaming down his face. He goes, how can I ever thank you? How can I repay you? What do you say to him? Um, well, I mean, it really was no problem at all. He goes, no, I insist. He goes, what can I do? Well, how much 
money would you think your life was worth? As you ask him that question, that's a very specific question. Uh, a, a man much smaller than him, much more diminutive in stature. Uh, he's, he's wearing like um, like suit pants and a vest. It's like he's wearing a like a three piece suit, but the jacket's not with him. Mm. He's a slim, dark complexion man with uh, short dark hair, dark sunglasses, and he kind of gets in between you guys. He goes, "Hey, come on, come on! Thank you for so much for helping us out." He goes, um, I don't know if you know him. He's a he's a professional boxer. He's fighting in town tonight. Would, would you want to come? We'll get you into the fight, and we can get you ringside tickets and, you know, really give you, like, a VIP experience. You know, just our, our way of saying thank you. Sure. I mean, but he did, never answered the question. He's like, I'm his manager. I'm the one who handles all financial transactions. Uh, let me let me talk it over with him. We'll see what we can do. So he he puts a he takes your information. He turns around and he like puts in a phone call. Like he's like calling a box office and putting your name on a list. And so the the boxer standing there, just tears running down his face because I can't tell you thank you enough. He goes, what's your name? You give him your name? Christy. Christy. He goes, Christy? He goes, it's nice to meet you. They call me Mr. Smooth. Whoa. And he like reaches out to like give you a hug. He's just obviously very uh, grateful that you saved his life. He's overcome with emotion. He goes, you're not a hugger? That's okay. And he gives you, he puts a hand out. You shake his hand. Yeah. You shake his hand. It's just a big, strong hand. He goes, thank you so much. He goes, we'll see you tonight. I'll, I'll put on a good show for you. Uh, that sounds good. So he steps to the he steps to the corner. A long black limousine pulls up. It just says smooth on the license plate. <sighs> Jesus Christ. I mean, how many times does this guy need to reiterate this? He's just got a thing. So he steps into the back. <laughs> He gets in the back seat of that long black limousine. His manager walks over. He goes, okay, I got you all set up. He goes, we'll be at the uh, the Frank Irwin Center tonight. Undercard starts at 7 o'clock. Our fight won't start till about 9. He goes, give him this name at the uh, VIP, and they'll take you right over. Okay. Would you uh, go? I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, might as well. Yeah. So you go over, right? That time of the night comes. Uh, would you go catch like the earlier fights or would you just want to go for the one with Mr. Smooth? Just the one with Mr. Smooth. So you go. You're like, I'm going to I'm not going to go. I don't want to see these other things. The fights fights aren't ever like they're not like your thing. You know, some people are really into that. That's yeah. not like your thing at all. You're just going as like a show of, of graciousness. So you show up there, like eight thirty. You go up to the the ticket booth. You give them the name. It's like on a slip of paper. You slide it through. They get on a walkie-talkie, and they have somebody escort you all the way through the building, right down to ringside. You're right on the ring. There's a chair that says VIP, and then that's crossed out, and it says Christy underneath it. <laughs> and they're like, "Are any of these yours?" And you don't like recognize it because you lied to him. 
So you don't really pick up like Christie is you. And then you're like, oh, yeah, there it is. That's me. And the usher's kind of like, okay, that's he's like clearly weirded out by the whole exchange. So you're there just kind of waiting for the fight to start. The lights go down. There's like a palpable tension in the air. This is like a much bigger deal than what it, you had originally thought. Apparently, like Mr. Smooth, after doing some research on him, he's like a very famous boxer. He has a rabid fan base. They travel the globe to see him. Oh, wow. So you're sitting there and people are just going smooth, smooth, smooth. The audience is every person in the audience is whispering it. And it's the loudest thing you've ever heard. <laughs> it's just 10,000 whispers. And for some reason, it's just, it's painful. It's so loud. Jesus. And then you hear the opening drum beats of uh, Rob Thomas featuring Santana smooth. And the iconic guitar lick starts blaring out of the speakers and people just lose their fucking minds. Well, you do the guitar lick. You know that one? Yeah. That part? Yeah. And people, as soon as that comes on, people are just losing their shit. Probably not everybody, but I would say a solid two-thirds of the building. They all reach underneath their chair and they pull out a bucket. Um, It's got like water and some other stuff in like a brush and you see they start like they're all fucking rocking out they start mixing up like they're like putting together a lather and all these people start shaving their heads like two-thirds probably a good 6,500 people plus are shaving their heads just losing their fucking minds because they're about to see the big time mr smooth but i don't do that no no No. you don't do that but why are they huh just to see Mr. Smooth. Yeah, they're just they're just smooth heads. Am I noticing? I'm I'm just like what the fuck? Like I came here to see a show, and you're seeing one, dude. You are seeing a fucking show. This is just insane. I don't even know what to expect. Like, a waiter comes around. He's like, "Can I get you anything?" People yeah. are just losing their mind. You need to get a heads. beer. He goes, "Okay, well, we have lots of beers on tap." He pulls out a menu. You you pick one, right? He's like, I'll be right back. People are just still shaving their heads. One guy one guy next to you, he's wearing a shirt that says, It's my first time. And then he <laughs> he's shaving his head and he cuts his head and he starts just bleeding profusely. Oh, and oh uh, they have extra paramedics on hand just for that. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. So you go to leave and you turn and here he comes walking down the aisle and he is just a majestic person. Just in, in incredible peak physical condition. And with the most intense, serious look you've ever seen on somebody's face, he looks determined. And he walks by you, and he smiles, and he gives you a quick wave, and then he goes in the ring. Oh. So you're like, well, you see me. So you sit down, and uh, they introduce the other boxer. They boo the shit out of him. His name is Bruno Scataglia. <laughs> They call him the the. Uh, I mean, I feel like I man. would. I would. I'm gonna. I want to stay now because he like saw me. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to leave him hanging. So this is a, a championship fight. They're fighting for. Uh, they 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 like. They walk the belt around the ring. You know, it's like a big fucking fight. It's a big deal. Bruno the Hitman Scataglia is. Uh, Mr. Smooth's oldest rival. They were kids uh, together in Little Italy, back in New York City. 
Mm-hmm. They both came up in the same junior boxing ranks together, fought against each other a lot. Bruno Scataglia never really like caught the mainstream the same way that Mr. Smooth had. Mr. Smooth has been in a couple of movies. He's like made guest appearances as just like the most famous boxer. You know what I mean? Right. He shows up in things every now and then. Bruno has always been a little envious and jealous and always wanted to take him out, take it out on him in the ring. And now's his fucking chance. What ensues is like a grueling 10 round fight that there, it's just action packed. And there were a couple times when it was kind of touch and go and you know, everybody thought Bruno was winning. And, and then Mr. Smooth kind of overtook him late. And who really knows how it's going to happen at the end of the 10th round. Mr. Smooth connects an uppercut on Bruno Scataglia. And it drops him to his knees, and then he falls face first onto the mat. The medics rush out, start doing CPR on him. He gets hurt pretty fucking bad. Mr. Smooth's just running around. They're playing that fucking Rob Thomas song. And I'll tell you what, you've had six or seven beers at this point, and you are into it. Six or seven? Yeah, it's a 10-round fight. And those are like five-minute rounds. feeling lit. You are fucked up. You're super into it. At one point, you go to grab a razor from your neighbor next to you, and they're like, get the fuck out of here. Get your own. You know? and Because I was going to shave my head. You were so close to it. So they, they start playing that Rob Thomas song. Mr. Smooth's running around the ring. And then he looks out, and he points at you, and he's like, get up here. Get up here. So he you like they escort you up into the ring. A microphone descends from the ceiling. And he says, I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for Christy. She saved my life. She's my good luck charm. And everybody's like, let's, he's like, let's hear it for Christy. And everybody starts whispering, Christy, Christy, Christy. You go home. I don't know about that. You were into it. You were, you were like whispering at the same time. You were like bobbing up and down. Christy. You were like stalking your way around the ring. Yeah, six or seven. Yeah, you were just kind of like walking very creepily around the ring. You were into it. Like a suburban mom. Yeah, exactly. So you go home that night. What an amazing night. Mr. Smooth, uh, you get a a Venmo for $5,000. It says saving my life on it. The next day, you get an email. You get an email from Mr. Smooth's manager. And he goes, look, Billy, that's Mr. Smooth's real name. His name is Billy Smooth. He goes, Billy thinks that uh, you're his good luck charm. He goes, he wants you to come to his his next couple of fights. He goes, he fights once every three months. He'll pay you $10,000 a fight to be there as a good luck charm. You know, we're, we're going to be in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, then we're going to be in Atlantic City. And then at the end of this upcoming year, we're going to be in Las Vegas, Nevada. Do you want to go? I mean, I, I feel like, what about my job? And- he goes, I mean, that's up to you. You'll just have to spend a weekend in those cities. We'll fly you out there. You can still work. We're just going to ask for this these three weekends. You and just I come. Get paid? Yeah, we'll pay you for it. 10,000 bucks per uh per event. You'll come out, we'll put you up in a hotel. You just be there and be a good luck charm for Mr. Why do you keep saying good luck charm? He feels like 
he feels like you're his good luck charm and that he did really well tonight because you were there looking out over him the same way you did when you rescued him from that bus. I think I got to turn it down. Yeah. Yeah. You tell him no. I tell him no. And he goes, look, I mean, this is 30 grand easy, like a chance to go spend time in other cities. Like we're going to pay for everything. Like there's nothing weird. You just show up. You be around. You're his good luck charm. That's it. But I, you keep saying good luck charm <clears throat> because that's what that's what he thinks. You're his good luck charm. He thinks your presence is is, is lucky for him, and that's what's making him survive death and beat his uh, his arch enemy. Well, I think a good luck charm then is worth then more than thirty grand. He yeah. sighs real heavily. He goes, "What's your price?" Ten million. He goes, "Ah." Uh, 10 million you gotta get you gotta be fucking kidding me 10 million or not he's we're not gonna make that we're not gonna make that this year he was 10 million he was i I can pay you ten thousand dollars to come out for three different weekends over the course of the year be a good luck charm and that's it 10 million or i walk out he goes you're making a big mistake you're making a big mistake as well (laughs) he goes all right well Christy, we'll see you around. Then he hangs up. So a few months go by. Your life is just kind of normal, right? You see, um, you see, like on the you're you're shopping for a new TV. You're in like a Best Buy, you know, and you're you're shopping for a new TV. Yours broke. So you're out like, okay, we're going to get a new one. You're walking around looking at all these TVs, you know, you go to the 40 to 50 inch section and you're like, maybe this is where this is big, but you know, let's splurge. You think to yourself, like, I'm going to do something nice for me. And you're standing there looking at this wall of TVs and you're like the only person in the, in the place. As you're like looking at these TVs, they all kind of stop and they change to where they're like one big picture. And it's that manager going, he's like, hey, Christy, look, we need you tonight. We're in Madison. Mr. Smooth is not doing well. He's nervous. Come to Madison. We'll pay you $15,000. Make it 30. 30,000? Yeah. You're he, already uh, gonna spend that anyways. He was thirty thousand dollars. He uh, he pulls out a a book and he starts like rifling through these pages. He goes thirty thousand dollars, and you gotta wear this. And he holds up a picture of a four leaf clover costume. <laughs> oh no! He goes thirty grand. You just gotta wear this good luck charm outfit. It's not like a sex. Nope. You just you just a- look like a run of the mill four leaf clover, the luckiest of all charms. 30,000. 30,000. Okay. So he goes, great. You get an email. It's from uh, your bank. Say there's been a new deposit into your account. $30,000. You get another email from uh, an airline. It's a first class round trip ticket to Madison, Wisconsin. Another email from a, a local boutique hotel. It's a three-day weekend here in Madison. Like, here's how you check in. Welcome to Madison. All that shit. Do you go? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get killed. So you go to Madison. You fly in first class. It's outstanding. You get to the Madison airport. There's a guy holding up a sign with Christy on it. There's no option to bring anybody, though. No. Because there's a guy holding up a sign with Christy on it. He was like, Christy, I'll take you to the hotel. He takes you to the hotel. It's like a small little boutique place in like a cool hip part of town. You walk inside your room and on the bed is just this. It's like a green dress that has these clover leaves coming off of the shoulders. It's pretty hideous looking. And there's a note that says, see you tonight for the fight. No, I'm going to go back home. Yeah. So you don't do it? No. Do you tell him? No. Do you keep the four-leaf clover costume? No. So you go back home? I can't do it. I mean, it's just like it's too much now. It's too weird. (laughs) You go back home, right? Uh, You're like, this is so fucking strange. You take that $30,000. The next day, you go in back into that Best Buy, and you're like, okay, now I can get a way nicer TV. You go in there, <clears throat> you're looking at the uh at the like the bigger like sixty inch TVs. And they're like, here uh, here's how great details on this TV. And they show you like a clip of the fight from the night before. Mr. Smooth just walking out, people shaving their fucking heads. <laughs> Those familiar notes played by guitar legend Carlos Santana. People losing their minds. And then they show clips of the fight where Mr. Smooth uh, just gets the ever-loving shit kicked out of him. Uh, He gets gets beaten practically to death. Uh, His nose gets broken. You can almost see it kind of like go up, and people were really worried about it hitting his brain. He gets knocked unconscious. They take him out of there in a stretcher, and this guy's like, fucking this TV, right? (laughs) You take the TV. You go home. You're watching... uh, You're watching the show on TV called Chunks. It's these two idiots, Howie and Chip, where they just break stuff into smaller pieces. This episode, they've got a um, a bag of those uh, little clementines, you know? You know what I mean? Yeah. The cute cuties. They got a bag of cuties. They're just chunking the shit out of those. Um, they chunk the shit out of an old dinosaur bone that they found one time when they were digging in their backyard. Priceless. They just fuck it up. There's a guy from a museum standing on the side, just like hands on his head, like freaking out. And they just they just look at the chunks. So you're just hanging out at home. You hear a knock on your door. What do you do? Like I go to look through the window or a little peephole. You look through the peephole, and standing there is the manager of Mister Smooth. Fuck. I mean, okay. He goes, Christy. We gotta talk. I crack it open. You crack it open? Yeah. He goes, why'd you leave? Well, I I mean, I didn't feel, it didn't feel right. It felt weird. He goes, it wasn't weird. You were his good luck charm. I know, but putting on this costume, like I'm a little baby girl or something like that. No, it wasn't anything like that. It's just, you were just a clover. I know, but why did I need to wear the costume? And because that's what thirty thousand. That that's you wanted thirty grand. You know, we had I to know, get something out of it. We I needed to amplify that luck. I didn't mean for it to look like this, though. Because it and it really doesn't look. It's not like it's not like sexy or like a 
like a tasteless thing. It's just a very nondescript. I know, but still, it just is like it felt ridiculous is what it felt like. He goes, yeah, I mean, that was that's a $30,000 plan. That's what we had in store here. He goes, look, P's and Q's, Mr. Smooth is going to need a lot of facial reconstruction, uh, a lot of therapy, a lot of physical therapy. We need that money back. Okay. So he goes, okay, can you just send it back to me? Yeah. He goes, all right, well, uh, I'm going to hang out here until you do it. I want to see it back, and I want to, I want to know that it's coming back. I spent some money on. You, you spent some. So you left town and spent some of that money. I did. He goes, are you fucking kidding me? He no, goes, what did you spend it on? And he kind of looks in, and he sees, like, your big-ass TV. And he goes, that's it? He goes, that makes sense. You were there shopping for a TV. He goes, okay. He goes, I can put two and two together. And he takes off his glasses, and he has two, like, red laser eyes and he looks into your eyes and for a brief second you turn into not a person but like a signal you know you turn into a signal and he blinks and he blinks you into the tv and you get stuck inside of uh cable programming you become just like an entity that exists like in and around the idea of cable television for a while like you're not like a character on things but you're just kind of always passing through the background of different things on cable tv and you're just constantly trying to find your way home but you never do no 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 yeah you're just constantly wandering through television but like you're not even you don't even get to see what's going on when you look out you're just trapped in a television but what people see when they watch it is just you kind of in the background of things here and there Karen you become like a here. you become like a fleeting myth like a like an urban legend of like the girl trapped in the tv people talk about you at campfires oh, and uh no. that's the only thing that keeps your spirit alive 250 years from the moment that happens uh, the last person who ever knew that myth dies and then you just fade out of existence <laughs> <laughs> oh god damn it i didn't even get to get anything <laughs> no you uh yeah you fucking turned your back on mr smooth and you got stuck in cable television but he seems so you were his good luck charm it's fucking ridiculous i'm just telling you what happened don't get mad at me i'm mad at society more than anything yeah. Yeah, i mean you did it but whatever 